We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's time for the Rami and Tim Show with your hosts, Rami Makhlouf and the franchise, Tim Allen. From the Gene Wagner Plumbing Studios, we are those guys that you just heard Big Voice Guy reference. We'll be talking with Ryan Wood, our Green Bay football insider from the Green Bay Press-Gazette and PackersNews.com coming up this hour at about 4.45. And we're going to hear from Matt LaFleur, the Packers head coach, coming up at about 5.35. And we're with you until 6 o'clock here on The Fan. Tim, do you agree with me that it's not always like the best team in the playoffs that's the scariest team in the playoffs. I, I look at matchups more than I look at, like, who's who's the better team on paper. Does that make any sense to you? Like, who matches up better with who is more is more an indicator to me of how a game is going to go than just who has the most talent on their roster, on a piece of paper, who has the best record? Because I look at the Rams and that matchup this Saturday in the NFC Divisional game, and what's left in the NFC, and I think they may be the toughest matchup for the Packers, if that makes any sense. Even though they're the sixth seed, I just think that they they do a lot well that matches up with what the Packers do well. So it's strength against strength, and whose strength is going gonna, is gonna to come yeah. out on top. And I think that makes this more of a coin flip than you might usually think. A one versus a six would be, and probably a closer game than a six-and-a-half-point uh, spread, which was what I saw it as. Last time I checked, I think I think this is closer than that, not because the Rams are that good, but just because they match up that well against the Green Bay Packers. I I will say this, that it's it's going to be a challenge. And and that's the way you kind of want it. You want that one against one. And we all thought that the Tennessee Titans were going to be that big test on the on the way out. And, you know, it really uh, the snow kind of, you know, hampered things a little bit and that's the pleasurable thing about uh, you know having a home field which they will have again this weekend and the following weekend um speaking of the Tennessee Titans you you talk about matchups are not necessarily the best team that makes it people forget the Tennessee Titans were one game away from the Super Bowl last year they ended up in in the uh, AFC uh, conference title game so we have to keep that in mind now I'm not going to discount a tough challenging L.A. Rams defense because they clearly uh, know what they're doing over there. But it's tough for me to say that would be a bigger challenge than would be a Tom Brady. That's the one I look at as, wow, because this guy knows. I mean, th- th- this dude, he knows. I mean, I know he, he knows how to win. There's no doubting his pedigree and that he has – 
what I was talking about earlier when I said you got to put a Kobe next to Giannis, and that's somebody who's just cold-blooded, ice in their veins, and when the game is on on the line, his his heartbeat doesn't go up not one bit. He has that, but just from a physical skill standpoint, what's left in the tank, Tom Brady still scares you that much? I would think maybe more than the Rams' defense would. And, you know, let's not discount maybe a Saints defense, which has had its runs this year. And they're they're a pretty darn good defense as well. Um, but there's something about, and, and I don't want to, you know, g- give you guys the uh, the the point that I'm uh, against Aaron Rodgers because you know I'm a big fan of his and I, and I think he's one of the best all time quarterbacks. But the one that's above him would be the bigger challenge to me. Slightly, it's a slight edge to Tom Brady. He's almost perfected. Russell Wilson is trying to perfect the craft of always staying in a football game. He's trying to perfect that craft. Who perfected it? It's Tom Brady that perfected one way or another. I'll, a big band of misfits. I don't care who I'm throwing to. Brady finds a way. Russell Wilson has that little gene in him. Certainly Aaron Rodgers has that gene in him. But Brady against Rodgers is probably a little more daunting than Rodgers in that offense against the L.A. Rams and their defense. I don't, I don't know about that. Because the Rams are literally... They finish first in weighted DVOA. Go look up what that means if you care. But basically that means that no one was playing better at the end of the season. Now the Packers, by that same measure of DVOA, finished the season as the best offense in the league. So I'm not saying that you should be scared of, of, the, of the Los Angeles Rams because that defense is that good. But give me, give me the best in the league at doing something versus wherever you rank Tom Brady among the people who do what he does at this point in his career. He's not the best. I mean, you could you could make the argument that he's still in the top five, maybe, when you look at his performance, but he's not the best. The Rams are literally the best defense in the league right now. And on top of that, they do exactly, they defend well exactly what the Packers do well. The Rams are the highest graded pass rushing team in the league. The Packers are the highest graded pass blocking team in the league. You have Jalen Ramsey on one side who might be the best cornerback, the best lockdown cornerback in the league against Devontae Adams on the, on the other side who might be the best wide receiver in the league this year. I'm just saying they have the parts and the pieces in place to stop what you do best. It's going to, it's going to be their best against your best. And sometimes that presents the biggest problem, not not who won the most games, not who has the most talent down on a roster, but when when they defend well what you do well or vice versa, this could be a problem for the Rams as well. That often is what causes the biggest problems on a football field. That particular matchup, yes, is challenging. One versus one, mano a mano, I understand. Now, you could say that... Um, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is not a slouch, although they've been a little bit on a roller coaster. So they, I, I don't think that they're, you could say that they're um, peaking right now or dominating at all, but they're, they're decent enough. They're certainly decent enough to get a team into a Super Bowl. And you might say that, you know, Brady is Brady. And, and if you discount that, that that's a horse apiece. Uh, you know, Brady doesn't have the skills that Rodgers does right now, and Rodgers has the better offense uh, overall. Okay, fair enough. But you're also talking about a team you already lost to. So we have to we have to account for that. So when you talk about matchups, maybe it's a matchup thing with the Buccaneers and Packers as well. And I'd have to go back and look at that. But 
some would say that that was a million years ago. That might as well have been five years ago in, in NFL standards because the team that wins the Super Bowl is the one that rolls late in the year. And, and your stat there that you brought up, Rami. And, and you're right that more times than not, team that's hottest at the right time is going gonna, is gonna to be the factor. But, but again, this, this may be Brady's last stand. This may be. Oh, um, no, he's coming back. Okay, coming okay. Back. He, he ain't done. Fair enough. Then you may say that uh, he's got all the HGH. The, the Buccaneers may have a little more confidence even going into that game, despite all the numbers, despite the records, despite anything you're you're talking about. If if uh, the Buccaneers get through the Saints this week, Brady and the Buccaneers they may have some additional confidence, knowing it's already been done. I personally believe that the biggest challenge is Brady rather than the L.A. Rams defense. I also personally believe, as you guys know, on this show and last week's shows that you know I, I I think they're taking it off the sheet and that's what's going to happen but if you're if we're talking about the bigger challenge did you put is, money down do, on that can, do I did you no but I will I well, mean yeah, I can Ve- you'll you'll be in Vegas Super Bowl week and not <laughs> not here talking talking about that 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 that's right but oh. I, if you're talking just about the big bigger challenge I just I, – and maybe I um, underestimate the number one defense because we haven't seen that in Green Bay for, for a long time. We're the not used I to seeing – The reason if you put any money down on it is because I – don't, I don't know sometimes with you, Tim Allen. You like, you like to butter up the audience. And so I, I don't know if you're just saying that, just to I say believe that, it. and people to be like, oh, Timmy's got – he's behind our Packers. No. I, nope. I know you mean it if you go and put – like if you go to betql.com. And put some money down on it today, Tim Allen. Then I know you mean it when you say that the Packers are going to take it off the sheet, run the table, and bring the Lombardi Trophy home. Well, you can go to BetQL.com, which this segment is powered by. BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. You can go there right now, Tim, and put some money down and show Packers fans that you mean it when you say well, they're going to take it off the sheet. Yeah, and win no. This whole thing. Okay, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Then then I will, but I won't go all in on the money that I would bet on Green Bay. I'm al- almost hedging Rami in a way. Here's the way I see it. If I'm going to lay a couple hundred bucks on the Packers to win the Super Bowl, again, I don't have to deal with a spread. Okay, but I do have to deal with one, two, three different games in the NFL. Yeah. I do have to deal with three different games. Why wouldn't I just wait and just double the money that I would because- have bet here? And then just go with the Packers' money line that day of the Super Bowl and make about the same money. Because you're saying it now, and you just want to show our loyal okay. listeners. No, I'll, and, okay. I'll, Tim I'll and Rami Nation. Are we doing that? Tim and Rami Nation. Or do we have a better nickname for <laughs> Soldiers? Our, our Tim, <laughs> I don't know. Tim, I don't know. We'll have to come up with something. That's, that'll be the next type, Kim and LaVoy Judgment Day. We'll spend all next week asking what we call our <laughs> listeners. Do you yeah, think that it, the Rams are the toughest matchup for the Packers in the NFC? And how much money should Tim go to betql.com and lay down on the Packers winning the Super Bowl today? 414-799-1250 or tweet us at 1250AMTheFan. We'll talk about that with you right after this. It's Rami and Tim on 1250AMTheFan. Yeah, Bart Winkler show still in its same old spot, 6 to 10. Preceded by the Bart Winkler pregame show with my guy, Ryan Horvath, starring Ryan Horvath, which is what they should tag on to the title of that show. Big show now, statewide. 
on the Big Show Network, 10 to 2, and we are your new afternoon show. Rami Makhlouf, Tim Allen, Tim Allen, Rami Makhlouf, it's Rami and the franchise. We're going to be here with you 2 to 6, as long as uh, they're going to let us be here with you from 2 to 6, 414-799-1250, or tweet us at 1250am, the fan. I would contend that the uh, the Rams are the toughest challenge that the Packers may face in the NFC. New Orleans yeah. may be a better football team, Tampa Bay may be a better football team, but the Rams just do things well that make them a little bit scary to me. They do. They defend everything well that the Packers do well, and I'm wondering if you no. think they're the toughest matchup, 414-799-1250. No, I think the question should be, do you, do you fear the Rams' defense or Tom Brady and that Buccaneers' offense? That, that, to me, is the question, because I think the Buccaneers win that game uh, against the Saints. So that, to me, is the question. What... What are the Rams going to do? I mean, look. I mean, what are I they going to do? I, I, Have you I, seen Aaron Donald? I, okay, okay. He looks like he could pick up Aaron Rodgers and eat him like a chicken leg. Like, Pac they, D, yeah, they can do a lot. Pack D is going to stack the box. They're going to force the Cam Akers to beat him. Cam Akers, that's what they're going to focus on. Then it's up to Jared Goff. Jared Goff has proved one thing to me recently, that he can lose to the New York Jets. You're going to stack the box, force Goff to, to throw. you got a dinged-up Cooper Cup. You've got Robert Woods. Okay, you've got a Higby that's been hot and cold. Good luck. It, it is, to me, it comes down to Brady. Brady and the Buccaneers offense, that, to me, is the biggest challenge they have this year. The other, maybe slight, it's more of a sentimental thing, it's more of an intangible, would be if the Saints were to get through the Buccaneers, then it would be, you know, the the last ride for Drew Brees, and you know maybe you gotta go through some of that, you know, intangible stuff, that psychological stuff. But you've you've already lost to the Buccaneers, you've already lost that matchup, and again, weeks and weeks and weeks ago, I, I don't want to discount uh, any any of my NFL knowledge about the uh, defense of the LA Rams. I, I don't want to do that. I just I don't see it when you compare it to the GOAT with the Super Bowl on the line. I just, that's the bigger challenge. And I'm, I'm saying they're going to beat that team. They're going to beat them, beat them both uh, if, indeed, the Buccaneers get through the Saints. But I will say that I, the Rams' defense, sooner or later, they will be exploited because the Jets did it. And if the Jets can do it, that Green Bay team can do it. See, but what you're doing there is, is you're discounting how how close everybody is in the NFL. Like, I know the Jets are a, a, an awful football team, but the reality is that the difference between an awful football team and a really good football team like the Los Angeles Rams, at the end of the day, ain't much. And that's why the cliche of any given Sunday stands. You're doing the same thing, Tim, that people were doing to the Packers, not so much since they beat the Titans, but before that, I think the Packers had one win against against teams with a winning record on the schedule and people were pointing to their strength of schedule and asking who mm-hmm. have they beat and and I I never play that game man this this league is so tight and so close that the gap between the best and the worst ain't that much it it really isn't and and when you say that the Packers haven't beat a lot of teams with winning records you look around the NFC and there just ain't that many teams with winning records they they beat who's in front of them and same thing can be said about the Los Angeles Rams. And same thing can be said about the New York Jets. The Jets beat the Rams, but does that mean that, that the Rams are that bad of a football team? 
That, no, no, it doesn't mean that at all. It means that that week the Rams are probably playing their best and the and, or the Rams are probably playing their worst football and the Jets were probably playing their best, but it was one Sunday. It took it took a year and maybe three additional games for Jared Goff to take the training wheels off. They signed him to a big deal. They they are, and I'll give them this, a couple of years removed from a Super Bowl. So that I mean they do have that going for them and there's still a, a large contingent of those players on that roster. But Jared Goff, you watch for this in this game, offensively at least, uh, for, for the Rams. You watch, watch if he throws east-west or north-south. Because it took him 19 games to start throwing the ball vertical. Every, ask Tavon Austin that. He'll tell you that. That it was just a little dump to the left or a dump to the right. Goff, on top of this, is going to give uh, extra, uh, extra opportunities with some turnovers, but, but the conversation is that LA Rams defense. And we, we look at the skill position numbers for the green Bay Packers and we were elated by them. I mean, they're, they're just amazing with the, including Aaron Jones and you know, all, all the, the big three, if you will, including Tunyon. but we, we don't look at the offensive line too. who they have had an amazing year. An Great absolutely year. amazing year. But they had, they're without their best player in David Bakhtiari. And they played the Bears and they played the Titans without David Bakhtiari, but mm-hmm. neither of those teams were getting the quarterbacks at the rate or the volume that you would like to see a defense get. The, so they haven't really been challenged by a pass rush or a front seven the way that they're going to be this Sunday since they lost David Bakhtiari. I, I think that changes things some. And, and I'll throw this in, Tim. One more thing about what makes this a tough matchup. I've been talking about the strength of the Packers offense against the strength of the Rams defense. You keep bringing up Jared Goff. Sean McVay has made it clear in the last few weeks, especially with Jared Goff having, having had uh, thumb surgery. He's not putting the ball in Jared Goff's hands to win football games. He's going to, he's going to try and run against, especially this Packers team, even though they've put band-aids on the run defense, that's still the weakness. And Sean McVay comes from the same coaching tree and the same system of Kyle Shanahan, and we saw what the 49ers did last year in the playoffs. You may not recognize a lot of the names in the Rams' backfield, but you probably didn't recognize a lot of the names in the 49ers' backfield last year either. That doesn't mean that they can't run all over you. So there's another area where they do some things well that you don't do. So I think this presents a lot of challenges for the Packers, Tim. I think this is, like I said, not the best team that they'll face, but maybe the biggest challenge that they'll face in, on the road to the Super Bowl. Chiefs will be the best team that they face if they make it to the Super Bowl and the biggest challenge. But just in the NFC, I think the Rams may pose the biggest problem for this team. Well, let's not discount the Buffalo Bills, Ronnie. I mean, they're a team that's really peaking. You talk about getting hot at the right time. That's a team. I didn't realize this when I was looking at some of these matchups over the weekend. 37 yeah. touchdowns. 37 touchdown passes for Josh Allen and eight rushing touchdowns. I mean, he's had 45 total touchdowns and, and Stefan Diggs, and you know all about him, but I mean, Diggs is legit. That's a team. He's one of the best I, and, receivers in this league. He, he is. And, and I agree with you. I, I didn't think so up until this year, but I, I definitely do now. We'll take a, a better look at that on, on Friday when we look at some of these matchups, but I mean, I just I can't see the Rams of all teams. I recall you mentioned Leroy Butler. 
I recall him probably, oh, I don't know, six weeks ago, five or six weeks ago, he brought up the L.A. Rams. Who could propose a problem for the Green Bay Packers? Now, I, I you know, would – I don't want to put Evan uh, Heffelfarmer on a, on a task of that <laughs> to uh, scroll through every Wendy's Big Show, but – I mean, he didn't mention it, and, and he's right. And now here it comes to fruition because of their defense. No doubt it's going to be a challenge. No no question. But we got to hit a quick break. It's going to be Brady. On the other side. By the way, we'll get back to the Packers with Ryan Wood coming up at about 445. But on the other side, there's a Bucks game tonight we got to look ahead to. And we'll do just that with our Pick and Save Bucks preview right after this. You're listening to Rami and Tim on 1250 AM, The Fan, a radio.com sports station. On the fan weekdays 2 to 6 also at radio.com we'll get back to some Packers talk with Ryan Wood coming up at 445 a lot of drama in the sports world today we talked about the James Harden situation earlier now he's a Brooklyn net and there's drama brewing in Houston with the Texans and Deshaun Watson we'll get to that at the top of the hour and how those dominoes may fall and how they may or may not affect the Green Bay Packers and we'll hear from Matt LaFleur at 535. Still a lot to get to between now and 6 o'clock. But the Bucks on the road tonight visiting the Detroit Pistons. Mike Budenholzer talked a little bit about the win the other day over the Orlando Magic and this game coming up against Detroit. Giannis goes out there. Or he had the fifth foul and then goes out shortly after. I think you're up eight points at the time and he doesn't re-enter. Just what did you think of the way the guys responded without him on the floor? Yeah, I thought they were great, but you know, I think I think he created or there were two big threes, you know, right before he went out of the game that you know, it was a little uh it was on edge there for for you know, a lot of the end of the third quarter and the start of the fourth quarter. I thought he made two, three big plays and um got us to a point where you know, me could maybe give him a break and just see what happened and then the guys as you kind of alluded to um, stepped up, made a lot of plays. Bren was great. Bobby was great off the bench. Um, Chris, you know, got into a little pick and roll game and, uh, you know, got going and we got some separation. So, um, you know, it was good. Um, the team has, you know, often responded um, whenever anybody's out. I, I guess those two plays, they both happen with five fouls. Like he had just picked it up uh, and he goes down and shoots a three after Gordon had kind of dunked in his area. Those are those are times where he responds by going straight through the wall and instead it's, you know, a, a nice three and then a kick. Just kind of what do you think of his control and, and I guess kind of just his ability and maturity to handle that situation? Yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, it's just, you know, he puts a lot of time and effort in. He's growing as, you know, in all ways. And, you know, it was just two huge plays because the momentum could have swung on the on the dunk. And, you know, it's a big momentum swing for him to make the three and, again, to create the, the open three for Bobby. And Bobby's been great. You know, his ability to space the court, make shots, work the glass. Just, you know, I thought he had two, three big buckets to end the third quarter when we were kind of, we were struggling for offense and, you know, he beats him in transition once and, you know, then he scores kind of in the post off the bank, off the backboard. And, um, you know, I thought Bobby was really good tonight. So Stevenson. 
Coach, it's now two games in a row where you've held opponents to under 100 points. I know previously you've talked about how hard that is to do in the NBA. Any specific improvements that you noticed just in this past two game sample size defensively? Um, you know, I, I don't know. It's I, I think ten, you know, more so tonight. Um, felt like we, you know, adjusted a little bit or, or were able to stay more connected to Vucevic after he had a, you know, a good start, you know. Um, and then Giannis and Brooke kind of, I think, sorted a few things out and they were good. Um, in our activity, you know, hands, I thought we got some tips and turnovers when um, they're trying to find Ross on off-ball screens, um, Brooke with his hands and activity. Um, just our general activity, you know, there's a two-on-one where Drew Holiday gets a deflection and a turnover. And um, guys just competing, playing hard. Um, it translates to, good, translates to good things defensively. Jim, oh, sorry, Zora, go ahead. One quick one. I was just wondering, Coach, how you think the guys are responding to adjustments that you're making? If, if a guy gets hot right in the first half and you're making adjustments, how do you think they're responding to those? Yeah, good. You know, I think um, lots of times the players are on it and, um, you know, they can figure out things well. And then just, you know, the communication with them is good. And um, it's an area where we want to improve and get better. So, um, you know, Vucevic still had 19 at half, you know, so it's, He's such a good offensive player, um, but I thought, you know, we made him work for him. Um, and overall, you know, there was, they, you know, there was a lot of good activity on Gordon and, and Vucevic and then Ross really to contain him too. Go ahead, Jim. You're muted, Jim. Oh, sorry about that, Mike. Um, so after uh, the Giannis came out and Brooke really, when he subbed in, I think he had the three point play um, had a steal or created a steal off a uh, Busevic pass in the post, um, you know, got in there to kind of keep an offensive rebound and that really extended that run. So, uh, you know, I know earlier in the year you had said he kind of made an effort or a decision to kind of be impactful on offense for it. So was that one of those moments where Brooke comes in and just sees, sees something is able to like, be effective offense, defense, and really help, you know, kind of push that and, and give you guys a cushion. Yeah, no, he was really good for that two or three minutes rest. And I thought, you know, he and Chris in the pick and roll game, you know, particularly that first one, um, you know, great screen. And then he rolls and Chris just, you know, puts it right right on the money and he catches and finishes for the end one. And Chris had just come off the bench, um, you know, so we kind of needed a facilitator, playmaker, and to have Chris and Brooke be able to play that two-man game. Um, and then Chris, you know, I think proceeded to hit two or three um, you know, pull up shots. So those two really just kind of took over the game um, for that little stretch when it went from six or eight to, you know, 15, 16, 18. Um, I thought Brooke was a big part of it, but Chris, you know, their, their combination was really good. There's Mike Budenholzer talking about uh, that game the other day against Detroit and just some of the improvements the Bucks have made here in the first 10 or 11 games of the season. Bucks game day previews brought to you by your local pick and save stores, the official grocer of your Milwaukee Bucks. You heard Eric Naiman there. He will join us every Thursday on Tim and Rami at 348. Tim, you heard uh, Coach Bud there talking about Bobby Portis. And I was mm -hmm. asking the other day what I could learn about this Bucks team this regular season. And obviously Drew Holiday is, is the, the biggest name in terms of the new faces in Bucks uniforms and the changes that we've seen. But I really like what sort of an under-the-radar move, but what Bobby Portis brings to the team, both from a basketball sense, like Coach Bud was just talking about there, a guy who can space the floor a little bit from the front court, and 
I just like that he brings a little nasty spirit. to the basketball team. Oh, yes, spirit. That's that's the word that I was looking for. Spirit is what he brings to the. And by spirit, I mean that uh, he might he might punch you in the jaw. Like that, yeah. Bobby Portis. If you need to be punched in the jaw, you might just get punched in the jaw if he's around. And I think every team needs a little a little a little nasty, Tim, a little spirit, as you put it. And I think I think he brings that to this Bucks team, an element that. I think maybe has been missing a little bit. Well, we talked a little bit about that with bringing in some of the riffraff off the court activities or attitude problems or something like that. Well, they brought in Portis. He didn't he punch someone? He did. Yeah. Who did he punch? He broke, he broke uh, Nikola Miritich's jaw ah. in practice when they were both yeah. playing for the Bulls. Yeah, Nico you bring up Suave, Miritich. as they called him when he was playing for the Bulls. <laughs> yeah, you bring up Miritich. Yeah, him and Kyle Korver forgot how to play basketball once they got a Bucks uniform on. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but Portis, in, he poured in uh, 20 in that win over Orlando <laughs> on Monday night, and uh, we'll see how consistent he is. That's the thing. But you like uh, a little nasty in there? I, I definitely do. And it looks like uh, there's some chemistry being – um, being through the evolution process, Rami, that's the thing. We that's fun to watch. It is. So if you're hanging around tonight, you, you're going to have to turn on the Bucks Pistons tonight. Oh, I'm going to be. I, I hate these six o'clock tip-offs, Tim. Don't they know I got to walk my dog and meditate immediately after I get off the air? <laughs> meditate. Don't All they right. understand that? I need 20 minutes. When you meditate, do you like repeat a word over and over again in your mind or something? Not out loud, but yeah, in my head I do. I just what word that's is all, it? That's I can't tell you. It's my mantra, and it's mine. And if I tell anybody, it, it ceases to be mine. Too. And it so won't it's, work? It's mine, and I'm keeping it that way. Hmm, interesting. We'll have to get well, more into that with you. No, I mean, there's really not much more else to it. Every, I hear a lot. Every, every time I tell somebody I meditate, they're like, I can't do it. I can't meditate. And it's, it's literally just sitting still with your eyes closed and repeating a word in your head for however long you want to meditate. Just do that, and you just did it. It's not something you can't do. We can all do it, and it's actually very beneficial well, and very helpful uh, for you. I'm an advocate of it. So is Aaron Rodgers. We'll hit a quick break. I mentioned Eric Name will join us to talk some bucks every week. Ryan Wood joins us every Wednesday and Friday on Tim and Rami. He'll make his maiden voyage with us right after this on 1250 AM The Fan and the Radio.com app. Rami and Tim, 1250 AM, The Fan. Rami Makhlouf, Tim Allen, your new afternoon show on 1250. We have some breaking Packers news. According to Adam Schefter, Jared Valdir won't be joining the Packers just yet because of a positive COVID test. Breaking news on The Fan is brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Find out how far an extra mile really goes. Who better to get on the line after that breaking news than our Green Bay football insider, Ryan Wood. Do you want to know what's going on at 1265 Lombardi Avenue? What's next for the pack? Let's check in with our green and gold insider, Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Brought to you by Thomas Marola Law Offices. Divorce, child custody, and other family law needs. Go with experience. Go with Thomas Marola. Online at marolalaw.net or call 414-327-5800. 
I didn't have a lot of demands when I took the Rami and Tim show. I wanted uh, Eric name on Thursdays. I wanted my name first in the title. And I said, we're still going to have Ryan Wood Wednesdays and Fridays at 445, right? And Mitch Rosen and Steve Sparky Pfeiffer assured me, yes, we will do that. And now he makes his maiden voyage on Tim and Rami. Woody, how are you this afternoon, my friend? Rami, my friend, it's good to be speaking with you. Congratulations on the, uh, the new gig. And, and, and Tim, always good to be talking with you as well. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Ryan, what do you make of of this news? First of all, were you as surprised as Tim and I were that they could even sign Jared Valdir? And, and now that he's not going to be available to them, apparently, is that even a big deal, or was he just more of an insurance policy than anything? Well, we'll never know. That's the thing about this now. We'll never know, because here's, here's what Jared Valdir is. Here, here's what he was coming in as. He's a guy that started the last two weeks at left tackle, played every snap for a playoff team in the Indianapolis Colts. Played very well, very high level. He's a guy that uh, last year learned on the day of the divisional playoff game between the Packers and the Seahawks that after taking a week of scout team reps was going to play every snap. And he had one bad snap against Davian Clowney in that Seahawks game, and everything else he he held up. He, He was just fine um replacing Brian Bulaga who had the flu that day kind of a surprise bug in the locker room um he he's he's played in in high leverage situations and if you think about this matchup with the Rams you think about where Aaron Donald's going to line up he's going to line up over the guards he's going to get some 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 they're going to get some help from Corey Lindsley but he's going to line up over the guards and so that's Elton Jenkins and it's Lucas Patrick Boy, I, I don't think it would have been too crazy to think that Jared Valdir could come in, play left tackle this week, and have Billy Turner line up at right guard, who you want that kind of athleticism that, that Billy Turner has, the athleticism to play left tackle, and a guy that started every game at right guard last year. Would have been outside the box, but it wouldn't have been crazy. Now that, that possibility is removed. He's on the COVID-19 list, and um, you know this is obviously going to affect him not just this week, but, but very possibly next week as well. Well, he's going to be ready for the Super Bowl. I, I can assure you of that. So with no fears there. But, you know, with Wagner, is he dinged up too? So then then what happens here? I think it's a big hit to the depth on that O-line. You and I discussed that last week. The O-line has been outstanding this year. But now the depth takes a major hit. And what it, you know, with Floyd and, and Donald, I mean, I just, uh, that, that again, that's a good, a very good defense. Um, it is. Does that, Ryan? Does that change the, the the game plan just a little bit in terms of a little bit uh, quick hitters for Rodgers, a little bit more of the run game? Well, when you think about it, the, the big part of Rodgers' game this season has been the quick hitters. So I don't know if it changes things much, but you do make a really good point. I mean, we talk so much about Aaron Donald, and the reality is that yes, there's a reason why we talk so much about Aaron Donald. He's that guy, right? But it's, it's not just Aaron Donald on that defensive front. He, he's by far their best player. But Michael Brockers and Leonard Floyd have been doing work, too. So they're going to stress, they're going to stress the, the edges of your offensive line as well. It's not just going to be inside. Um, so they, they've got to be able to you know contend with, with the depth. Now, as far as Rick Wagner, his knee, I don't think there's anybody on this Packers roster who benefited from the bye week more than Rick Wagner. He gutted it through. I don't know if he plays Week 17, if not for David Bakhtiari's torn ACL. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. That, that, that could have been a rest week for him. Uh, but he gutted it through when Bakhtiari went down. He gutted it through in Chicago. He took a shot on his knee in Chicago, stayed in, 
that that knee could could have used a week, and he got a week. So um, I, I, you know, he should be good to go now. And 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 you know, not saying he's 100, percent but but having that week is is going to be big for him. And and he's, I mean, even with a healthy knee, Ryan, he's he's the weak link on that offensive line, so to speak. When you look at the pass blocking grades that they've gotten across the front, he's the one weak link. And like you said, I gotta imagine Aaron Donald who moves up and down the line for them. I mean, he gets. Equal snaps at right ta- at, right, at right tackle and then, or excuse me at nose guard and at, at the uh, three technique and he plays equal snaps out on the out on the edges at the end positions. But I got to imagine they're going to try to put him over Lucas Patrick as much as possible. Tim and I were talking earlier about this matchup, and I said even though this might not be the best football team that the Packers face, Ryan, this might be the toughest matchup for the Packers just because. They do so many things well that defend what the Packers do well. They're the best pass rushing team in the league against maybe the best pass blocking team in the league. You got Jalen Ramsey going up against Devontae Adams. Do you see this as maybe the toughest matchup for the Packers just because of the way that this Rams team is is made up and built? This are the Bucks. You know, the, the Bucks have a really good defensive front too, um, and they also have Tom Brady and not Jared Goff. So. I think from a matchup standpoint, the the whole thirty thousand foot view, the, the Bucks are a tougher matchup. But just just you know, this this Rams defensive front is second to nobody. Aaron Donald is second to nobody. So and not this this is this is the team where they miss not having David Bakhtiari the most. Because if they have David Bakhtiari, they never even bring Jared Valdir in. If they have David Bakhtiari, they just move Billy Turner to right guard. It's not even a question. You have Rick Wagner at right tackle. You have David Bakhtiari at at left tackle, you have Billy Turner at right guard. Uh, but they don't have it, David Bakhtiari. That's the world they live in. So they're going to have to get through it. And, you know, this is if, – if, if nothing else about this Packers offensive line this year, I mean, since week one, when Lane Taylor, who won a job out of camp, went down week one in Minnesota with a torn ACL, this has been a year where almost nothing has gone right for the offensive line. And save for a couple weeks, it has played at an exceptionally high level – um, so th- it's not it's not like they're scrambling now. They, they've had an entire season of this, and it's it's what they've done very very well. Now they haven't seen Aaron Donald during that time, but still, this is a very good and a very adaptable Packers offensive line. Okay, I really like that answer at the start there. That the uh, biggest challenge would be the Buccaneers and and Tom Brady. Rami, did you like that answer from our? Because uh, that's what uh, Tim our... was saying. If you didn't catch on, Ryan. Oh, my building scores here. Yeah. <laughs> What's the biggest challenge? Uh, that would that would be the one if indeed they get through the Saints, which hey, we'll, we'll see what happens. Rami was uh, reading some data and some analysis of you know why the Green Bay Packers offense took that giant leap from last year into this year, and is it you know everyone is quick to point out Aaron Rodgers and MVP and he's playing at such a high level. There's some information out there that says the wide receiving core collectively has really stepped up and maybe has done a better job than Rodgers. Let me give them the numbers, Tim. And I don't know if you you saw this or you might have had these numbers yourself, but this was in Mike Sando's piece today, Woody. Last year, the Packers, according to to their film analysis, had – they left on the field 69 catches for 1,281 yards (laughs) – and 15 touchdowns on I drops by the that. wide receivers, according to their according to their film analysis. Compared to this year, 44 catches, 643 yards, and seven touchdowns left on the field. That's that's a crazy crazy jump 
in terms of the reliability of these wide receivers and and bringing in what Aaron Rodgers is throwing out. Yeah, there's no question that is. Um, and I, you know, for for the lack of depth, and and we don't know yet. All right, we we don't know if not going out and getting a first round receiver is going to hurt this team or not, because now they're in the gauntlet and, you know, going through 16 games is one thing going against good defense every week in the playoffs is another thing. So I think if they get through this, then, Hey, you can say that Brian Gudikins had his cake and ate it too. Uh, But I think it's still premature to say they're not going to be hurt by that. But even still, there's no question that there's more depth on this receiving core than, than a year ago. Now let's just, understand where the bar was set a year ago is historically low for the first time in a 16 game season last year the Packers only had one 500 yard receiver it was Devontae Adams that had never happened before in team history in a 16 game season so it wasn't that much that they had to go to clear that bar but they they did by quite a bit I mean Mark without is scantling has the, the 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 first Packers receiver to average 20 yards per catch on 30 catches uh, since Walter Stanley in 1986. Wrong way, Walter. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, you know, uh, uh, Paul Kaufman's touchdown record for tight ends that was set in 1983 of 11 was tied by Robert Tunyon uh, with 11 this year. So we're talking about a lot more depth. I I think that at the end of the day, two things. I think the biggest change on this offense in the passing game is that Aaron Rodgers is more on schedule than he was last year. I think that that's the biggest night and day difference. And I think that great quarterbacks, when they get on schedule, really help your receivers. I get that these are drops and those sort of things, but even still, a great quarterback on schedule is going to help your receiving core. And this passing game also reminds me quite a bit of the 2016 Atlanta Falcons. What I mean by that, Matt Ryan was the league MVP that year. Aaron Rodgers is going to be the league MVP this year. Who is the best player on that Falcons team? It was Julio Jones. The best player on this offense, the best player on this team this year has been Devontae Adams. So having the meteoric rise that Devontae Adams has taken this year in his game, that, that's, that's going to do wonders for, for your offense. You talk about the depth all you want, but having Devontae Adams be the best receiver in the NFL by a good margin, that's going to do a lot too. Yeah, I, I love we... the Walter Stanley drop in there. I I do because he'd he'd return punts, Rami, and he'd just turn turn around and go eight yards the other way, and then, then he'd start his return. <laughs> there's, no, there's no doubt. I rem- I remember watching him. Just real quick, I w- wanted to squeeze in this. Uh, what he it seems to me just on the surface that that Aaron Jones has been a little bit limited in the carries, and I just wonder this week. If if so much focus uh, from the L.A. Rams is going to be on you know Devonte and and Rams going to have a lot to do with that and Aaron Rodgers in that passing game, I just wonder if they've been laying in the weeds with Aaron Jones. Your thoughts? Well, you know what's what's interesting. I think everyone after the Bears game, Week 17, was like, oh, A.J. Dillon, how could he only get one carry after his his huge game against the Titans? And you understand that. I mean that that. But but Aaron Jones had 11 carries so like yeah okay aj dillon needs more than one aaron jones needs more than 11 mm-hmm. and they only had 44 plays against the bears so that's a big reason for it but aaron jones is a huge part of this offense even if they, this offense has the best receiver in football and the mvp at quarterback there's no question that that you know that's the that's running game this offense is best when it's running game is leading the way it, it sets up everything else sets up the play action sets up everything else so uh, yeah, they're going to want to run the ball. Now the Rams are a top 10 run defense, and they've got that defensive line, so it's not going to be it's a lot easier said than done. But they need to get Aaron Jones more than 11 carries. 
That's Ryan Wood. Find his work inside the Green Bay Press-Gazette at PackersNews.com, on the Twitters at By Ryan Wood, and every Wednesday and Friday right around 445 here on Tim and Rami. Looking forward to it, Woody. Thanks a lot, buddy. All right. Take care. And he is brought to you by Thomas Merola Law Offices. Divorce, child custody, and any other family law needs, go with experience. Go with Thomas Merola online at Merola Law. Excuse me, I lost to read. MerolaLaw.net or call 414-327-5800. Still shaking off just a little bit of rust, Tim. That's mm-hmm. all it is with these, you know, the live reads and everything that goes. Oh, speaking of live reads. Uh, he was on the Great Midwest Bank hotline, and if applying for a home renovation loan has you feeling anxious, breathe and let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of banquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. Smart guy, that, that Ryan Wood. He's just way on it. And, I, I, man, I couldn't agree more with a lot of the things he said. <laughs> Especially the thing about the Buccaneers. Especially the that. Brady and the Buccaneers, yes. Okay. <laughs> We got to get to a break. Maybe Matt LaFleur will will reaffirm things Tim has said when we hear from him coming up at 5.45. But on the other side of the break, like I said, there are lots of drama in the sports world today, including in Houston with Deshaun Watson. We'll talk about that, how the dominoes may fall, how they may end up impacting your Green Bay Packers. Still to come, Rami and Tim on 1250 AM, The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 